What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome, everybody, to episode 109 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He's a bad mother who don't take no crap from nobody. It's Grant Youngsma. What's up, Grant? Not much, Phil. Just trying to stay warm. Dude, it's cold outside. It is. Really cold. <laughs> Some people are, are listening to this, and they're like, uh, really? I live in Michigan. Oh, really? I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> and they're like, where you, where you guys? Oh, Missouri? Southern Missouri? Okay, yeah, you, you guys... <laughs> It's not that cold, but no, it's frigid outside. It is for sure. The wind hurts. It's like that hurting wind. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I dude, watching. We're obviously talking about cold runnings um, today on the podcast. This week on the podcast, and I, like I was watching them, like you know, running through ice and snow, and um, you know. Uh, Free, freezing their hair off and stuff like that, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that feels like my life right now, just freezing, <laughs> free, freezing my uh, my butt off every day." So, you know it. Well, Grant, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get on up! It's podcast time. Let's do this. If you're just joining us for this podcast, this is an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. We're going to get into Cool Runnings, obviously here in a bit. But first, we like to do this Disney Plus news of the week. Um, there was not a whole lot this week. It's been pretty quiet over the the last week since we recorded last. Um, probably one of the I don't know. If, none of the stories are big. That one of the, there's just a few like very small stories that we could talk about like thirty seconds apiece, I guess. Um, one of them is that Disney Plus seemingly confirmed Captain Carter's cameo in Doctor Strange Two. Which is wild. Like, so I think someone saw the shield, like the triangular shield, or okay, uh, or just maybe just the logo, like the the um, uh, British flag, you know, like the cross on the flag, mm-hmm. um, in the background of a shot or something like that. And so, oh, you know, that maybe that means Captain Carter or whatever. And then um, Disney Plus Italy. Disney Plus IT is is their their Twitter handle. Um, it's I'm it's tr- I'm translating. I'm not. I don't know Italian, but it, this is a translated from oh, Italian. Phil, don't <laughs> don't be modest. You you studied this in college. No, I definitely didn't. I did do Spanish, but not <laughs> Italian. I, strangely enough, I could probably for the most part um, pronounce the the words, but I would have no idea what it said. Uh, but anyway, this is the English tran- translation of a tweet that they had. I think this last week. Um, the tweet reads, and I quote, it seems that shield has recently appeared somewhere referring to Captain Carter's shield. Doesn't that sound like madness to you? (laughs) 
Um, and to which, you know, everyone from Italy or that can speak or read Italian, or whatever was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, I don't think that was actually confirmed. So, um, yeah, cast out of the bag. I, apparently Captain Carter is in Dr. Strange too. So, I mean, it makes sense. And <laughs> we just continue down the road of what if, and the yeah. realm of possibility, which we never really thought what if would play any importance. Yeah. Just a fanfare fiction, but it seems like we were wrong. And I feel like if there's one thing that Kevin Feige's good at is he keeps people on the edge of their seats for sure. Yeah. It keeps them guessing. I, I think if anything, the one thing we were saying on on this podcast was that the Doctor Strange episode, the, where he's like the center of the plot, going back and you know trying to undo his mistake or whatever, would maybe play into the Doctor Strange movie. We weren't even entirely sure about that. I don't know that anyone was calling that they they would pull in Captain Carter like as a character into the into the movie, and like, you know how they shoot movies like they probably shot that movie, they they probably shot most of the scenes for. Multi, uh, multiverse of madness whatever way before what if even released mm-hmm. so like i mean they knew that they had a hit on their hands with captain carter they knew that 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 would be an audience favorite so yeah so yeah cool i mean I, i'm happy to see um you know that character that actor actress like get more work and like be i i feel like she even though she had her own show i i feel like she's kind of got the shaft a little bit from the MCU, like yeah. this, she hasn't had a, a lot of chance to really shine and a lot of stuff. So I don't know. I, my guess is that this is like a one-off thing, kind of like we expected what, what if to be, but I mean, they're already talking about bringing her back for what if season two. And then here she's in a movie. So maybe, maybe we don't know what we're talking yeah, about. It, it will be interesting. So yeah, that's kind of a quick, quick story. Uh, here's another quick story. Um, Book of Boba Fett finale sees 40% viewer increase over the Mandalorian finale. And I, that's, I, that's just the headline. I'm, I'm going to kind of scan through the article real quick, but that seems crazy to me. <laughs> what would you attribute? I mean, surely they have more subscribers now. Maybe that's yeah, part of it. I think that's part of it. But, I mean, you also have to take into account that Mandalorian season two and book of boba fett book of boba fett season finale is pretty much mandalorian 2.5 yeah yeah i think once i probably uh, i don't i don't know what their numbers were before the finale my guess is not good especially the first four or five episodes and then i think we you know i both predicted it would have a huge uptick in in numbers for Mm -hmm. those last few episodes um so the the final episode of book of boba fett saw over 1.5 million households um, just between Wednesday and Sunday, like that four-day um, wow. window of you know seeing it when it first released. That's something. And the last episode of Mandalorian season, uh, yeah, season two, back in okay. de- December yep. 2020, had a 1.1 million household hmm. during that same week. So um, now a different time of year, um, you know, from the you know December versus. January or whatever, yeah. but like, um, 
Yeah, I, that's that's something. I, I think that that shows you how people people were very interested to see Mandalorian come back. Again, I don't know what their numbers were for the first four episodes. I can almost guarantee you it wasn't 1.5. Um, so people are just excited to see Grogu, Grogu again and Mandalorian again. And I think that that uh, explains a lot of it. But You know it, Philly. They found a hit and they're going with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it on that. I mean, good, good for Boba Fett. Like I, I did not predict that that finale would be as big of a a hit as it was, but again, I wasn't predicting that we'd see Grogu again. So it's all about that kid, man. Everyone loves that kid. I mean, who doesn't love a cute little green guy? (laughs) And then really the, the last little story I saw was, um, Star Wars Andor, which hasn't even released season one. We're still waiting on season one to come out, um, has already been renewed for season two. And I think this continues the conversation we've been having on the podcast, not just about the popularity of Star Wars. That's the obvious, um, you know, exchange from this article, mm-hmm. but also like the weird renew slash cancel, like renew versus cancel um, debate An argument. Yeah, yeah th- that goes on within a company, and how like Turner and Hooch was had its entire first season finished and aired. Then they canceled it, whereas other stories like the the Doogie reboot got renewed. And then Andor's first season hasn't even released. They're already signing on the actors for a second season, like before the first season even comes yeah. out. So it's just wild to me how they even can, because they don't have any numbers on season one. They have no idea if people are even going to be into it. <laughs> and they're already signing them up for season two. So um, I guess this is a lot about Star Wars cachet. Yeah, I feel like... Um it mainly is just anything Star Wars they feel like has been a hit so far with Disney Plus. So yeah. they assume, even if it's not the greatest show in the world, they probably assume people are still going to watch it just because it's Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, like even the animated stuff, the Bad Batch and stuff has done really well for them. And um, I, I assume, I mean, I assume that you know, the, the top execs have already seen all of yeah. season one of Andor and their mock audiences that they pay to come in and, you know, review their, their content and stuff like that have all given it like glowing reviews. And they're like, yeah, let's just, I mean, let's just, we know we're going <laughs> to have them on for another season. Let's just, you know, put a ring on it. So, uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it for the news. I, I, I didn't see anything else other than that, if, if, unless you wanted to, bring up something no that that was about it for me um i feel like the month of february has kind of been a slow one for disney plus it's slow for releases I, if you tuned in last week for the end of this at the end of every show we like to talk about what's coming out on disney plus that week and there was like what what we said i think there were four things total like mm-hmm. on wednesday and friday combined because i think friday only had one release or two or something like that. And there were only a couple things coming out last Wednesday. So it's definitely a quiet month for Disney plus just in general. So, you know, it's a slow week for news when our top story is what Disney plus accidentally leaked. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so not, no big announcements, just what they accidentally let slip. All right, man. Uh, let's get into cool runnings. Um, this is obviously, I mean, maybe it's not obvious to everyone in, in honor of the winter Olympics. How did the, how did the USA end up with winter Olympics this year? They ended up with five. They were in fifth place. Okay. 
out of do, do you know how many countries compete? Mm, no, it's got to be almost a hundred over. 100? Yeah, I'd say it's around a hundred. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fifth is pretty good, honestly. Out of a hundred. Yeah. Around. So there. I mean, the U.S. Obviously, they dominate. Um, in the Summer Olympics because we nearly have uh, people competing in every single sport. And a lot of those Summer Olympic games, we have some of the top athletes in the world competing for us. So, yeah. Um, but for the Winter Olympics, the Norwegians, they were the ones that ended up with the most medals. Yeah. And they did really well. And, but I mean, it, it's always fun watching the Winter Olympics. I feel like um, they always offer some sports that not many people know about. Oh yeah, they yeah. I for me the quintessential one we talked about it a couple weeks ago is um, uh, curling. Like yep. I, I like I only know about curling because of the Olympics. <laughs> also, if there were like take the Olympics out of our universe and find a multiverse, another universe where there is no curling in the Olympics, I would have no. I would have a complete absence of knowledge about that sport and just in general. So yeah, but it's cool. I, I, I enjoy watching. Um, it's the only time that we get to see certain kinds of sporting events. Um, you know, like speed skating. So it's like, yeah. you're not going to watch speed skating outside of, outside of winter Olympics. So, um, but yeah, we, we figured we'd talk about a, um, Olympic themed movie and obviously winter Olympics, uh, even better. So what better one from Disney than Cool Runnings? Yes. 1993. Classic. Um, you probably didn't see this in theaters. You would have been two. Yeah, I did not see this in theaters. <laughs> you are correct, Phil. When, uh, I guess you just watched it when you were old enough, home video. Yeah. Uh, or maybe Disney Channel. I don't even remember the first time I saw this movie. I've seen it like four or five times. And as we're recording, I finished watching it again probably about two hours ago. Yeah, same for me too. I just, it was a couple hours ago today. Um, so, yeah. Um, boy, it's a little different than I had remembered it. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast last week that, um, like, I was ready to laugh and, like, you know, like really get some comedy out of it. And it's, I mean, obviously, um, Sanka has a lot of the comedic, mm-hmm. mo- maybe all of the comedic moments. Honestly, I don't even think John Candy is particularly really <laughs> funny in this movie. He's playing a more serious role. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's it's not the it's not the like knee slapper that I, w- I had remembered it to be. Um. But for the most part, I remember the big story beats, obviously, and just kind of the heart of the film. And I remembered a lot of the lines. Like I, I think I mentioned last week on the podcast as we were teasing what we were going to do for this week that my dad quoted this movie endlessly. I mean, for just years and years and years, he loved this movie. I think we had it on video. We watched it at home probably several times. I probably seen it about the same number of times as you, maybe four or five. Um, but I, the, the last time I saw this movie was about, was probably more than a decade ago. So I definitely needed to kind of freshen up and come back around to it. So, um, what are your, all, oh, this is 22, 2022 review. Um, of this movie, what what's your, what kind of your your modern thoughts on it? Um, I mean, it definitely still holds up, and I'm with you. It isn't one of those like 
I feel like these early 90s Disney movies with live action, I feel like a lot of them, like Mighty Ducks, Heavyweights, Blank Check, a bunch of them, they were going for like belly laughs. And as we already talked about, really the only character that is consistently funny is Sanka. And so, I mean, it's a great story. Um, and I think it definitely still holds up now. I mean, there's some parts where you're just like, oh, I mean, the graphics aren't amazing, but it's still 93. And, but overall, I still enjoy this movie. Um, it's not one that I come back to like every single year, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's one that I'll watch every now and then. I mean, if if given the choice, you're watching a, a Mighty Ducks movie over this one, probably. Yeah. Um, we should mention it had a seventeen million dollar budget, which for this kind of a film is is very low budget. Like, um, they did a lot of shooting on location, and mm-hmm. um, I I don't know if it was actually like in Jamaica. It looked like it was, um, but you know, obviously they were shooting in snow and ice and stuff like that, um, and recreating what is based on a true story you know, the, the lives of these guys that basically like, you know, um, go from the, their hot, hot country in the middle of the <laughs> equator, uh, pretty close to the equator to, you know, the top, <laughs> the top of like Calgary, yep. Canada. Um, and so, you know, they, they're doing a lot to, you know, kind of move the, the, they're all over the globe, like when they're shooting it. So mm-hmm. the fact that they did this and paid John Candy, who I'm sure was not, uh, cheap at, at yeah the, probably not at, at, the, at this point in his career um they did the whole movie for 17 million and then it made a like at the box office alone it made 155 million dollars so this was a huge hit for disney um i remember a lot of people going to see this when I, I was i'm a lot older than grant so i was i was i had just started high school when this movie came out okay in 1993 i was a freshman and um like oh, just all of my friends saw it, man. Like everyone was going to the theater to see it. So, um, I think I feel like Mighty Ducks is going to come up several times during the discussion. This movie is very much. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like trying to copy Mighty Ducks. I think it's just. I think it's just a the nature of the beast in the '90s. Like Disney was making sports movies like this yeah. o- over and over again, and just changing the characters, changing the name of the movie. But a lot of the themes and even a lot of the sto- main story beats are basically exactly the same. This it's interesting to know that this movie came out one year to the day of, of the first Mighty Ducks movie, hmm. uh, almost to the I day. I did not know that. Yeah, so my the I looked it up. The first Mighty Ducks movie came out in October October second, nineteen ninety two. This came out October first, nineteen ninety three. So it's just like it's time for another sports movie. Let's do, you know, so they did this one in October of that, you know, or mighty ducks in 92, then this movie. And then in 94, they did D two mighty ducks probably at the same time. of year. Yeah. So it's just, it is just kind of that thing. And I, I don't, it sounds like I'm being like really harsh on the movie. When I say that I actually, I like the formula. It is a formula. And I just want to acknowledge that. Um, but I do, I do find myself, I'm not like crying or anything, but I'm I'm definitely like getting into the story and getting attached, um, you know, to the drama. Um, I I think they're good storytellers in that way. They they know how to spin a good sports yarn as it were. So, um, 
yeah, I we don't necessarily need to go in any kind of order. Just you know, talking about the movie. What what are some of your your favorite moments and just um, what appeals to you about the story? Like, obviously, you, you go back to this four or five times. There's something you really like about it. Yeah. Um, well, right off the bat, we've already talked about Sanka. He's such a lovable character, and right off the bat, he's entering his push cart tournament (laughs) and it's just a bunch of him bossing around a bunch of kids and it's very humor humorous to start out and i gotta ask you about that push cart thing so if you haven't seen the movie in a while i've totally forgot about the push carts um he it's a literal like um it's a cart like racing down a hill basically like that they've constructed and there's an adult in the back that does the pushing and once it gets going down the hill. And then there's a kid in the front. What is the kid's role in that race? Because I, I was thinking, oh, the kid's steering. No, the adult's also steering. So, like, the adult's doing all, everything, like, it looks like. But I think it's just more <laughs> weight. Weight, to okay. <laughs> make him go faster down the hill. <laughs> but, I mean, that scene is pretty great and he's like the all-star push cart master he's the greatest driver in jamaica (laughs) yeah and so that kind of sets the tone for the movie and um one of the lovable uh quotes is always when darius asks sanka sanka you dead and he says yeah man (laughs) i think i think i counted four times I think there's at least four times that they do that little exchange and it's, it's pretty cute every time. Yeah. So I feel like that gets it off to a great start. Um, because obviously the friendship between Doris and Sanka is going to play a huge role in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. There, if, if you're going to pick of the four guys that are part of the team, the four man bobsled team, they're, if you're going to say who are the two main characters, I think you could argue it's Dries and, and Sanka pretty yeah. pretty easily. They, they're not only the first two that create the team basically together um, and the first two that are shown on screen, so kind of gravitate more towards them. But they're also, I think, the most um, charismatic in their storylines and their acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dislike Junior or Yule, um, the other two guys, but um, they're... Yule is 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 a character. I don't think there's hardly anything to his character. Like really, the only thing you you learn about him is that he wants to live it in like Buckingham Palace one day. Um, that's really the only thing to kind of attach yourself to him. Junior, I think, has a bigger story, but he's not in a ton of scenes, and all of his mm-hmm. scenes are kind of the same theme over and over again. So yeah, I think you're most for the most part, you're probably hanging your hat on Doris and uh, Sanka and just their relationship. Yeah, I would agree with that, and. Um, of course, Doris is this big track star and he has aspirations to go to the Olympics, not in bobsledding, but in track and in the hundred mirror dash. And I mean, you see it. I mean, this is where this movie is very relatable. You see it all the time where you're watching like the Olympic trials or the Olympics and there's just heartbreak mm. and it definitely happens in the hundred mirror dash when junior stumbles and takes Yule and uh, Doris with him. Mm. And now they're not going to the summer Olympics. 
yeah, it's really all Junior's fault, which that comes back around later when they when he wants to join the team. You'll like, I mean, almost for the entire movie, just really dislikes Junior. Yeah. Lot. He starts to come around and almost becomes like a mentor figure to him towards the end. But um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking to watch because like Dries, it's like it's not just him and like his lifelong goal, like his whole life. Like like that's the one thing he wants to accomplish is go to, at least go to the Olympics, if not win it all. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to win it. Um, and, but a lot of that is because of his legacy. Like yep. he, his dad was, a, 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 I think, a gold medal winner. Right? Yeah, in the two hundred mirror dash. Okay, and so you know, it's never mentioned like, oh, you know, I I want to make my dad proud or whatever. But that's strongly insinuated throughout mm-hmm. the the film is that he wants to he wants to basically follow in his his dad's footsteps. So there's a lot he has writing on it, and then because of one trip that he makes he trips and falls during that race when junior accidentally trips him and then it's over. Like it's like a see in four years type of thing. So yeah, for him, it's like, I got to get into the Olympics somehow. And that's obviously what gets him looking into the bobsledding, which I couldn't remember. I, I couldn't remember like, why would they even show interest in, in bobsledding? And it's really, it comes down to one person. It's just Doris is the only one that really is like, Hey, let's find something we can do. We've only got three months to put together a team and then get to Calgary, but you know, let's do it so we can we can compete in something in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, um, we can talk about John Candy's character. I guess he's probably one of the the next things that happens. So, um, I really like his character a lot. Um, he, I, I told you, Mighty Ducks would come up a couple times. He does kind of remind me of Bombay a little bit. He's like like that older dude past his prime. Um, something traumatic happened in his past and, and he's done with the sport. <laughs> like when mm-hmm. he's, when he said like, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to live 2000 miles from anyone that, that knows anything about this sport. I, you know, and I'm, um, yeah, I'm never playing. I, I never want anything to do with the sport ever again. I was like, uh, Gordon Bombay, anybody? <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of the same, <laughs> uh, pitch that Bombay makes in the first movie where he's just done with hockey. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it makes sense. Like, it actually does make sense for his character to feel that way in this, um, in this scenario. So, and it's well played by John Candy. He's so good in this movie. Yes, he does do. I mean, I wouldn't say it's. I mean, he his character is very likable, and the first scene is very humorous, where we encounter him at the bar and I mean it's it's pretty humorous and a good laugh to get acquainted with this character yeah um and basically like I like how Dries is like like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up on you like if you tell me no now I'm just gonna come back tomorrow and I'm just gonna come back tomorrow the day after that and the day after that until you agree to, to coach us basically so um, and he knew his dad, which I think that's a cool connection mm-hmm. too. Like they were, you know, he finds this picture of, of Irv, you know, John Candy's character and his dad, you know, they were close together and, um, Irv as a young guy tried to convince, uh, Darius's dad as a young guy to give up track and switch sports, like come over to bobsled. Cause he had this theory that runners like track stars would be really great on bobsled yeah. teams. So but he never got to actually realize that dream. He had to give up on it. And then he turned to like being a bookie and like doing, you know, shady things. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, I think that the, the one scene that really stands out to me is a pretty funny scene because I was laughing several times throughout it is the uh, recruitment yeah. scene where where they're all together. So, th- isn't that video that he plays just hilarious? Oh I, yeah, for it's, sure. It's so good. Why don't you exp- kind of explain what that? So basically, um, they obviously don't know anything about bobsledding in Jamaica. It's a foreign concept. He literally and, said, Teresa at one point says, what's a bobsled? Yeah. And so they show this basically like tutorial video of bobsledding. <laughs> and at the beginning of the meeting, they have probably, it's a packed room. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden they start showing all these like crashes and they talk about how <laughs> it's life threatening and everything. And then everybody just clears out and it's just uh Doris and Sanka left. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's implied that this is a video that Irv has put together basically yep. essentially to weasel out <laughs> by like showing them like they could die <laughs> doing this thing, which it makes sense. I mean, you're, you're flying down this hill at 80 miles an hour in this, coffin basically and if that thing goes if it goes sideways and it flips or whatever it's bad news like if you don't die you might be like maimed for life um depending on how it goes so (laughs) at one point he goes he says your bones will not break in a a bobsled no they shatter (laughs) um and then he ends with a headline like some kind of news headline of of how someone died in a bobsled crash he's like now so who's in (laughs) and i mean it's just pretty much priceless. Yeah. Just watching crash after crash after crash. <laughs> and you're just like, which obviously he's trying to get people out of the meeting that really don't have their heart set on it. But I mean, it's just like who in their right mind would sign up for this. Yeah. It's also, it, it, you don't realize it at the time, but if you've seen the movie before, you know, the ending it's also kind of foreshadowing because they literally crash at the end of the movie, like for real. And when I I remember that things went bad for them at the end, I I didn't, I honestly didn't remember that they crashed uh, at the very very end of the movie, even though that's like kind of the the pinnacle moment, which that's Um, actually a true story. That's one of the things that they actually did keep. Yeah. Correct. Was that they crashed. Um, But I did just read, it wasn't a mechanical issue. It was mainly just because they were going too fast and an experience. Yeah. I want to, so after we kind of do our normal discussion on the movie, I want to have a short like um, bookend discussion on uh, based on a, on a true story. Yeah. Because there's, there's several things. I think there's several key moments in this movie that just flat out just didn't happen in real life. I want to I have a discussion about that at the end, but yeah, that's one, one of the things we can talk about. Um, so, but yeah, um, they kind of, they find this, like they convert this, um, it's like a trough or something like that, that <laughs> it's metal trough or whatever that they convert into a, a rolling car. Obviously there's no snow. They're still in Jamaica and they, you know, he's like, we got to get to 5.9 seconds. If you're going to even think about competing at the Olympic level and it's like 15 seconds, 13, it's like, it's, it's terrible. They're, they're off, obviously awful. Um, they finally get to five five nine, but then they like go down the hill and crash into a police car. It's just it's the typical it's the typical stuff that you'd expect to see in this kind of a movie, but it's also really funny and um it's it's 
filled with all the antics from mostly Sanka of, you know, screaming as they go down the hill and stuff like that, that makes it fun for, I think kids and adults, but, um, and then they go into a section of the movie that's like basically about fundraising, mm-hmm. which I, I was like, I found that to be very realistic. Like, okay, oh, yeah. like they need 20 grand to get to the, mm-hmm. the Olympics. Like, how are they going to do this? If the Olympic committee or whatever in Jamaica won't, won't, you know, actually send them to the Olympics, they got to do it on their own. And I found that sequence to be actually pretty compelling. It's, it's one of the few scenes in the movie that I actually did remember from my last viewing of them just kind of, you know, Sanka singing on the, sidewalk yep people paying him to stop um the kissing booth or some of the other ones um the arm wrestling oh yeah and then oh like um therese goes to like um businesses and like yep. tries to get like them to sponsor them and stuff like that and they just laugh at him yeah <laughs> over and over again um, they do all of that and they only made like a thousand dollars, which even that I was like, Oh, that's actually pretty good. That's but pretty good. They're, yep. But they're like still 19,000 short. And, um, basically at that point, again, maybe still trying to weasel out of it. Irv's, uh, Irv says, you know, like, Hey, this is over guys. Like, we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty much reserved to like, okay, this is over. And then J- junior who's like, he's an interesting character in this movie because he's very much not like the other three at all. Yeah. Like he's in a completely different category. Super rich. It is, he's like the top 1%. Oh, by far, like maybe 0.1% of yeah. that country. Like his, and they, they touched on it ever so briefly, but like his dad was like poor kid, grew up poor kid in Kingston or whatever. And came, became like one of the, the richest Lords of, of, of Kingston, basically. I'm um, just kind of working hard and, you know, making a name for himself. And, you know, he's like a college boy. Like, you know, his dad sent him to like the, the, the richest school <laughs> in the country probably. And they have, they own these like really nice sports cars and stuff like that. And he just sold his car, like sold his sports car so that he could, you know, fund the, the trip. So, um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, then they make it to Canada. Um, all the snowy, like icy stuff is really funny to me. Um, yeah. it's like 25 below zero and it's great. <laughs> and, then, I mean, obviously, these people have never been to Canada before, and so you get the impression that they've never been outside of Jamaica. Like, yeah, that's that's Yule's whole thing is like I I gotta get out of this off this island. So I mean, obviously, in Jamaica, it probably doesn't get super cold there. So they have, I mean not the warmest clothes so it, it's comical when which of course john candy's from america yeah. so he knows what to expect when getting to canada and these guys have no idea <laughs> I, I liked the part when sanka like put on literally every piece of clothing that he had in his bag which is all like t-shirts and stuff and then puts literally the bag, the bag <laughs> over his body he's wearing the bag too uh, and still freezing and um, I think it's Therese that says, uh, uh, what, what you smoking, man? He's, he's like, I'm not smoking. I'm breathing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then they get this like rickety sled <laughs> or find some, some of his old buddies who like immediately trash talk him. I don't think it's even revealed at this point why they hate him. No. That, that comes around the corner pretty soon after this. But, um, and he, he Roger, I think is his name. He, he's like, you know, hey, anything like I just need to buy something. 
a sled. And he's like, you came all the mm-hmm. way up to Canada without a sled? <laughs> and he's like, I'll take a practice sled. And he's like, okay, I've got $4,800. Like, what, what can that buy? And he's like, well, not much, but, you know, I think we've got a practice sled we can give you. And it's like the biggest hunk of junk ever. It's literally yeah. falling apart, like, as they're touching it. And then I, I like the, there was a, a quick exchange. I think it was, I think it was when they were in the revolving restaurant but he's talking to his, his buddy, Roger, who obviously none of those guys are like, these These guys are not going to make it at all. They're not even going to maybe even qualify. And um, he's like, well, I don't know, man. Like, this guy can run the 100 meter in 9.9, like less less yeah. than 10. And All three of them can. Oh, that's right. Yeah, all of them are real quick, quick runners. And um, he's like, that's great, but can light – He's like, they're lightning. They're like lightning. He's like, yeah, but can lightning run on ice? And then the very next scene is them like slipping all over the ice. Like there's like speed skaters that are like just flying around the ice on skates and they can't even stand on it. (laughs) Like they just try to stand up straight and keep falling. Yeah. And then, uh, which I don't even really know what country comes out, Um, their hockey team. And it's just hilarious watching uh the jamaicans try and get off the ice oh yeah yeah that's right yeah they're trying to like get off quickly but they keep slipping and falling yep. um i will say i know you're talking about the hockey team not the other bobsled teams but you made me think of this one one big difference between this movie and what you would typically expect to see in like a remember the titans or mighty ducks or something like that from disney is um there's there's not there's almost no attention paid to the competitors. Yeah, like you do see them. There's that bar, bar fight that we're about to get to here in a little bit. But other than than that, it's not. This isn't like Top Gun where you like you know a lot about the mm-hmm. you know the other flyboys and stuff like that. Like this is it's really centric on these four dudes from from Jamaica and, and their coach. And you are aware that there are other teams and that they're laughing at them, but you don't really know any of their names for the most part, or even what countries they're from. Like yeah. it's, it's a, uh, it's, it is different uh, in that sense. For sure. That's a big, um, a big contrast, I think from some of their other stuff. Yeah. Cause usually like, for instance, in the Mighty Ducks, you know, everything about the bad guys, you know, yeah. um, I mean, in Cool Rains, you're still made to dislike East Germany mm-hmm. because they're complete jerks. But you don't even, like you, we already talked about, you don't even know their names. At least in like Mighty Ducks, you do know like the main players' names. They're the real jerk team. Yeah, and they they don't, we'll get to the actual competition part of it here in a few minutes the by the way the the actual the limp when the by the time the olympics start there's only like 15 minutes left in the movie i mm-hmm. almost everything is preloaded um before the olympics even start and then once that you do get to see it it's it's real quick like 10 seconds of this country t- five seconds of this country like it's really not trying to even show you what these competitors are even doing yeah. uh, on their runs so and there's almost no scores on on in the movie. Like it's 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 definitely trying to center in on the story of these men, as mm-hmm. it, than it is trying to tell you like root for the sports team. You know. Yeah. Um, so I agree with that. It, it feels different than Mighty Ducks in that way. Um. Let's see. Yeah. Then they do 
we can get to it right now. I guess they do their first run. It's terrible. Like oh, they, yeah. They basically, like, they barely even get onto the bobsled. Hey, time. but they get the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not for good reasons, though. And, like, right before they go, Sanka's like, um, I got to pee, coach. I got to pee. He's like, hold it. And he, like, gives them a shove. And then they get down to the bottom. And they're like, okay, you can pee now, Sanka. He's like, uh, too late. <laughs> um. Let's talk about um, the the country line dance, the country club bar club or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think Teresa's story is powerful. I think Sonica's story is just mostly silly. I, he's really just there for comic relief. Um, I think I find I found the the junior story the. Um, pride power you know bad mother won't take mm-hmm. no crap from anybody i found that to be a pretty compelling sequence yeah and how it pays off later with his dad yeah i would definitely agree with that because um before we really like get to know junior all we really know about him is that everything's been given to him yeah and so he's never really been one to like have to stand up for himself where and that's kind of where him and Yule clash at first yeah. because literally everything's been giving, given to Junior and Yule's pretty much had to work for everything. Very similar to like Junior's dad and his upbringing. And so that's kind of why uh, Yule at the beginning, besides the fact that the whole reason they don't end up going to the Summer Olympics is because of Junior but I feel like there's also hostility because um, Junior's definitely the high class of Jamaica, where Yule is not. Yeah, they they also have really different aspirations too. Like they couldn't be more opposite. Junior is like, I've got it made in the shade. My dad's got me, got a job for me that I'll work for the rest of my life and I'll be yep. set, and I'm never leaving the islands. Yule's like, I can't wait to get out off the islands. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm never com- coming back. Like he, 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 you know, he wants to get, you know, Buckingham Palace, wherever. Like he, he has these dreams of like being anywhere other than Jamaica for the rest of his life. And so these two, outside of the bobsled team, these two would never be friends ever. But you see them in the men's restroom together, looking in the mirror, and him saying like, "Do you know what I see?" And like really speaking, like courageous, you know, courage into him. And it, I like. Again, it's not like I shed a tear or anything, but it's like <laughs> I definitely like it warmed my heart a little bit. I was just like, "This is cool." Like, the, yeah, it's neat that he's pouring into this guy and saying, "Like, you know, what you see about yourself is not what I see. You need to start seeing what other people see in you." And I, I wasn't expecting that in a movie that's basically about Jamaicans going to to yeah. Canada mm-hmm. and competing in, in bobsledding. I hear you. So I, I just thought that was really, really cool. Um. And of course he takes it way too far and he goes, okay, well I'm going to interpret this as like, I'm going to go stand up to that bully in the, yeah. in the bar and he runs out of the bathroom and like, you know, tries to stand up to this guy and obviously can't fight him. But then you'll like backs him up and punches him right in the face, the, the you know, the bad guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed seeing the two of them together and then, you know, jump ahead a little bit, but like you see that payoff with his dad who eventually takes a flight from Kingston all the way up to Calgary just to bring him home. He's like, this is done. You're not going to compete in the Olympics. Let's go home right now. You know, jump in the car. We're going back to the airport. And he's like, no, I, I'm, I'm here to compete. I'm an Olympian and I'm proud of it. And 
I'm You're not going to take this, that away from me. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's all it's all really because of Yule that he's even able to mm-hmm. to find that gumption to face his dad. Yeah. So I I thought that was all really cool. That's about it for his story. But even though it's not much, it's really powerful stuff in the middle of a movie that's not a not so much about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, much like the Mighty Ducks movies, we get the big uniform reveal. <laughs> I, I was like, dude, that is such a, a like a quack quack moment um, to me. But um, again, it's you know it's Disney in the nineties, so <laughs> yeah, Phil. <laughs> you get what you get they had a they have a recipe that they want to go with <laughs> hey and, it works and they went with it uh you know what they didn't go with was uh the name Tallulah for the <laughs> for the sled um i had forgotten that um uh the cool cool Runnings was the name of the sled yeah i had forgotten about that um, I think it's it's Teresa that I think that comes up with that name, mm-hmm. and he says it means peace be the journey, which I don't, I don't yeah. know that I really understand that, but I mean it's a Jamaican thing, I guess. And then they're like they're briefly disqualified. Um, I don't know how I feel about that scene. I I understand what they're trying to do, like to, they're trying to give you. They do this a lot in sports movies of like there's that moment of like. Uh, oh, they uh, can they? They will. They will. They will. Oh crap! They won't. And then it, it gets it gets your like hopes up, and then you realize, okay, no, they're able to even overcome this seemingly impossible task. Um, so you know, it's very cliche and rote, I, I think. But at the same time, it was so short lived. Like in, in one moment, they're disqualified. Four minutes later, they're back in. Like I, I just felt like we didn't really get to rest in that tension at all. Yeah. I don't know. What, what did you think? I do like the speech that he makes to the, that's why I'm, t- I'm torn on mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's very, I mean, I feel like they, Disney just didn't want this movie to be super long. And like we talked about, yeah. by the time they're getting into the actual like Olympic competition, there's only like 20 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. So there's only so much they can do. And so I feel like that's kind of why, there was such a quick turnaround. Yeah. Well, we'll come back around to the dis- disqualification thing because that that's actually different than what happened in real life as well. But um, yeah, he he basically gives this. I like the speech. It was basically like, you know, um, you're mad at me. I cheated at, at the Olympics back in '72 or whatever the year was. I get it. Um, you know, t- take your vengeance out on me, but don't take it out on these boys. They've worked hard their entire lives to get to this point. Um, they've earned the right to to represent their country, you know, isn't that what the Olympics are all about? You know, it's this really, you know, stirring speech. And then, and then they basically say, okay, you know, we'll let them in. So, um, and then like the, the, I remembered the phrase, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's pops the time. Yep. Uh, cool runnings. But I, I didn't remember why they had done it. Obviously, Sanka does it at the beginning of the movie with his cart. It, it's a, it's cart race time or yep. What is it's it? push cart push time. cart time. <laughs> so they just changed it to bobsled time at the end. I can't remember why they said that, but um, the reason why is like really cool. It's because they were like doing the um, like Eins by dry or whatever. Um, they were doing the the Swiss. Uh, yeah, the Swiss. The Swiss way. That's got to be just one, two, three, right? Mm-hmm. In Swiss, okay. it is. 
so they're doing like Swiss German or whatever Einstein uh, try, um, and they because they want to, because the Swiss are the best and they want to be like them, mm-hmm. they basically just adopt their verbiage until Sanka's like, no, that's not us, man. We're Jamaican. Like we're gonna do this like Jamaicans, and so <laughs> they just, they do his push cart thing, which is so funny. Yeah. But it is a, like a hair on the back of your neck kind of moment too. Especially, mm-hmm. I, I knew it was coming, so it wasn't like as like, ooh, you know, chilling. It's so, kind of like the flying V moment. Yeah. Oh, that's a great comparison. Yeah. It's when you watch the flying V the first time, you're like, oh my, this is awesome. And I, I do remember back in 93 watching this and when they were doing, because they don't say that, you don't know they're going to do it until they're literally about to go down the run. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they just all chanted together and you're like, yes. It's like that like cool like sports moment. So, yeah. And then why don't you talk about the final race, just the, the crash and... Yeah. So going into... Um, the third run, which bobslings four runs, the Jamaicans are in eighth place. So they're right out of medal contention, pretty much uh, out of 31 teams. So they're doing way better than anyone could have expected them to do. And so then they get into the run and they're off to a really good pace. But then um, the they basically have like a mechanical breakdown where like screws and I mean, it's a practice old bobsled. So the bobsled basically starts falling apart on them and then they basically go out of control and they crash, which it's uh, it's brutal. Yep. And so leading up to this, Darice and John Candy, they've just been talking about, um, Darice just wants it to be his moment. Mm-hmm. And when will he know that? And John Candy just tells him, you'll know. And so they're just laying there. And um, then he does his whole Sanka, you did. And he's like, yeah, man. <laughs> and then they decide to carry the bobsled across the finish line because they want to finish. And... As they're doing this, they're just getting a round of applause. And even from East Germany, they're getting applause from them and everybody. And you definitely feel like at this point, the Jamaicans have earned everybody's respect. Yeah, yeah. It's in 2022, it feels tropey, like the slow clap. I'm talking about the slow clap. Yeah. Like it, it, it's very cliche. But until you realize that they kind of invented the slow clap, like that that wasn't a common thing before 1993. Like they, mm-hmm. there are movies that that emulate this from this movie, so that's why it feels tropey going back to watching it. But it didn't exist back in '93, not not common, not as commonly as it is today. Yeah. So, yeah, the slow clap and the and the you know everyone's just nodding because they're like, we're going to finish this race, even if we have to carry this bobsled across the, the finish line, which is what they do. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, by the way, I couldn't, I thought I remembered this, but I had to look it up to be sure as I was watching it, I was like, that looks like actual footage from like the real team. And it is, um, they, they took the AB, the actual 1988 ABC's coverage of the winter Olympics footage and inserted it into the film. So like mm-hmm. when you're when you're watching the crash, you're watching the actual crash that happened in 1988 uh, in real life. So yeah, 
and it, it's it's pretty seamlessly done. Like they 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 go to the like original the the cuts from original footage to new movie you can see them if you're really paying attention but they do i think they do a pretty good job of cutting from one to the other and making it feel like it's all part of like one seamless thing you know like sometimes it's actors sometimes it's real people but they do a pretty good job of going back and forth yes they do for sure and um it's just it's one of those moments them carrying the bobsled across that you you always in these feel good type movies you're always looking for that feel good moment and this is it for cool runnings right here yeah yeah and it's um i think i'm gonna mention this now because we'll talk about it here in a second but um it's like it's insinuated that like this is like a they've been narrowing down the competition narrowing it mm-hmm. down narrowing it down and it sounded like six teams that that can potentially win this and the, to to the movie's credit and I think this is actually really powerful that they did this they they really give you the sense that they're going to win like yep. they're going to be the first team the number one they're going to beat the Swiss mm-hmm. and not only do they not win it's awful I mean it's it's like the worst possible ending you can possibly imagine for the Olympics and they just double down on that. And they're like, no, like this is, that is it's, well, again, we'll talk about it here in a second. It is similar to how it happened in real life that it was like a really tragic ending. Um, but yeah, they, they, you get the sense that like they really could have won it had it not been for this malfunction. And mm-hmm. when, when it, when it's over, it feels tra- both tragic, but also triumphant at the same time. And I think that's that's a rare thing that's hard to pull off in a sports movie, and I think Cool Runnings does it flawlessly. Like it's it's just a really I think a really powerful ending that you you feel their pride and they can go back they can go back to their home country with their their heads uh, held high and and it's because they they did everything they could possibly do to win and they far exceeded everyone's expectation. Yes. Like no one even thought they would get that far. Yeah. And um, obviously just absolutely killed it. And then um, the fact that they didn't win at the end is, isn't so much of a, you know, a, Oh, you know, they could have done so much better. It's more of like, look how far they came. Yeah. So, and I mean, for a while there, you watch their first couple practice runs. You're wondering, are they even going to make it into the Olympics? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that we kind of skipped over that moment, but that was a big moment too, where they they were like, at first they were like, back when Irv was doing it when he was young, um, it the the qualifying time was like a minute five, and then they were like, oh, by the way, we changed it, so it's a it's a minute three now, and then right before the the thing, they were like, oh, by the way, it's got to be a minute, it's got to be sixty yeah. seconds or less, and Irv's like, oh. T- I don't know if we could do that. And then they get in with like 59, 56 or something like that. It's like, you know, just barely, but they do actually do it. And then on the second run, they do even better. It's like every time they do a run, they're, they're, they just keep getting better and better in like real time. So, and I think they do a good job of showing the the commentators and like showing their, um, not just surprise at the Jamaicans, like how well they're doing, yeah. but also like showing their fandom. Like there's there, they've got shirts that <laughs> say go Jamaica and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. I, I didn't watch the actual, I probably, I don't know. I probably saw an events or two in an actual 19, 1988 real life, 88. 
Um, but I don't remember. I was too young to know that this was a story going on in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but going, watching, having experienced that in real time and then watching this movie five years later, I think would have been pretty fun. Yeah. Just to kind of relive that. For sure. So. I think so too. Yeah. Jamaican's first bobs- bobsled team. And that's basically what this movie is about. Yep. Um, Jamaica obviously had, had never had uh, a bobsled team before it. So are they still competing? Like, do they compete this year? Yeah, they did actually. Uh, and they, of course, uh, referred to the movie whenever they were talking about the bobsled. Oh. <laughs> and they finished last, d- just d- like they? in the movie. Yes, yeah. Um, that's cool, though, that they um, they find honor in the movie. Like, yeah. it's, it's not mm-hmm. a... Uh, I, there's nothing to be embarrassed about yeah. if a movie's made about your country like that. Um, but you just never know how um, people from other countries are going to take it like an American-made thing. Um, so that's cool that they like find honor in it. Yeah. And I mean, I think overall this movie's well done. I mean, they don't really poke fun at the country of Jamaica. I mean, it's pretty much like anything when you're just learning something. Yeah. You're going to mess up and it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. I, I also found it intriguing that they were also getting pushback from their own countrymen. Yeah. Like the, the Olympic committee was like, no, we're not sending you to Calgary. Um, their own friends and family were like, no, you're not doing this. Um, when they were trying to raise money, people just laughed in their face. Like it was actually Jamaica themselves that was not believing in these guys. Um, let alone these other countries, so, which I think, I mean, if you're going to find a theme in the movie, we often talk, talk about like, what is the movie trying to say on this podcast? And I think, you know, it's pretty obvious it's about overcoming odds. Um, you know, when everyone's laughing in your face, you you stick to your guns and mm-hmm. believe in yourself, right? Um, but I also think part of the movie is about just achieving a dream, like um, that nothing's impossible if you really set your heart on it and, and, go, and get after it. Um, you know, like that they all had their ideas. Like Yule was like, I want to get off the island. Um, you know, uh, Junior's like, I want to, you know, uh, prove to myself or prove to my dad or whatever. Um, you know, same thing, kind of similar thing with Doris, and then you know, Sanka's just along know, for the ride <laughs> there for to, well, and to, to support his best friend. Like yeah. you know, he's like, hey, I'll if you ask me to do this, I'll do it. You know, um. So they all had their their reasons, their individual reasons to do it, and you know about achieving that dream. So, yeah, it's a good story. Um, I want to end the discussion on a t- a, just a quick t- topic. Um, there are several things in this movie that, and I remember this being a, a point of contention or discussion when the movie for even first released. I think it's more of a hot button topic nowadays than it, it was even in the nineties. I, but like, it's more of like a no, no now to do this kind of thing. But so there are several things that are really different than like the actual events. Um, one, uh, one thing I, I, I read was that they didn't get back in because of a, a coach, like their coach Irv like appealed for them. It was actually like just the, um, international Olympic committee just in general decided like they had some inner debate and decided just to appeal the decision and just reverse it. Um, but obviously it makes better, <laughs> it's better cinema when John Candy goes in and gives a big speech, you know, um, the, you already mentioned the crashes not due to a me- mechanical malfunction. They basically just attribute it to driver inexperience and going, trying to go too fast. Like it, it, 
that would not have made a good moment in the movie and it wouldn't have made sense for the characters that they were trying to build. But basically they, they were a little foolish in their, in their driving of the bobsled. That's why it crashed um, in real life. Uh, And it's interesting to note that in real life, there were four runs, four bobsled runs, not three. And in the third one, they crashed and I don't think they carried the bobsled. I, they fin- they they crashed like into the fe- finish line. I think it was or something because their time was only like a minute five or something like that in that third run. Yeah. So they cra- they crashed, but they crashed into the finish line or something, which obviously slowed them down. But they they didn't ever have to get out of the bobsled and carry it. Like that was all like manufactured for the movie. And then because their third their second run was bad too, which the movie totally reverses that. Um, they were just getting worse and worse with every run. <laughs> Whereas in the movie, they're getting better and better. In the third one, it was so bad that if they had done the fourth and final run, they would have had to have had a time of like 48 seconds. It was like literally impossible to yeah. do it. And so they didn't even do it. Like they just quit. Like after mm-hmm. the third one, they're like, well, we, why even do a fourth run and risk our lives after a crash? Like we can't, we can't catch up. So it's over for us. We're out. And they finished last because of that. Um, whereas in the movie it's clearly there's only three runs, not four. Yeah. And then, um, this is a small one, but like the, there were actually a, there's a four man bobsled team and a two man bobsled team. And two of the guys that were, their names were changed obviously for the movie, but the two of the guys that were in the four man also competed in the two man bobsled team and did actually did a little bit better. They still, you know, were pretty close to last. Um, but they actually did better. Like where they were like 22nd or something like that instead of 26. And the movie just completely just ignores all of that. Um, and then the, the weather was not nearly as cold. It was like 61 degrees on some of the days that they <laughs> were there. So, you know, okay. So I mentioned like four or five things that are, are way different than how they actually occurred. Um, none of them are like, you know, drastically different. Like they didn't make them like, first place winners in the movie or something like that. So they didn't go crazy, but at the same time they changed so many of like some of the key facts in the movie that if you're like familiar with the original story, you're like, well, that didn't happen at all. Like, um, and I don't know, did, did you catch at the beginning? I didn't see it like a frame that said like based on true events. Did they have something like that at the beginning? Mm, I might've missed it if they did. There might've been something I can't remember if there is. There might be something at the way beginning. Yeah. My question is this: what What do you think about? There, there. Even if they, if even if there's no uh, words on the screen at the at the beginning, at the end of the movie, they say like, "Oh, you know, uh, the four four guys didn't win. They got dead last, whatever." But four years later, they came back and they came back to applause and respect, right? So they they are like trying to teach you about the 1988 Olympics, and it's very mm-hmm. clear that it's about this real life event because it's 1988, it's Winter Olympics, it's Jamaica. Like everyone knows this is based on a true story before they even go into the theater to watch it. So what do you think about movies that are definitely pointing to a real event, but then changing so many of the things to make it a more compelling story? Like, are you glad that it's a, there's two ways to, to take it. I'm, I'm glad that they made it a more compelling story. It makes it more, more fun watch. Or the other way is of course to say, you know, they changed so many of the facts. It's like, I, I'm not even watching like what actually happened. <laughs> you know, I feel like this one was one where they had to change it up. Because nobody wants, yeah. I mean, it is a feel-good story that they're finally making it to the Olympics, but nobody wants to see a movie where the hero of the movie just sucks. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. And so I just feel like with this one, they didn't really have a whole lot of choice. Yeah, I felt like when they were reading, or like doing interviews with the actual people, like that were, I'm sure they, Disney interviewed the crap out of them and got all their stories before they started writing the script. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the part where they were like, oh, hey, we just messed up on that last run. I, I, like they had to have known before they even put pen to paper. They're like, we're not going to end the movie like that. Yeah. Like we have to change that. Um, and I'm sure they were probably fine with it because now they get to be like celebrities, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, that is a huge difference in like the actual events of what actually happened. Um, th- I definitely knowing that the events were not, didn't go down the way that they actually did in the movie in real life. As I was watching, I was like, they're, they're just doing this for drama. Like they want to, they want to pull on heartstrings. They want to make it this dramatic story. And that's just, it basically was, they were saying like the actual real life tale is not interesting enough. You know, we have to like make it interesting, yeah. which I'm torn on. Like I, yes, it makes for a better film, but like, I'm also kind of like, can you just told the story? Like, you, you know, almost don't want to know that it's based on true events. Right. I, I think I I will say I will admit that I think I would enjoy the movie more if if I known it wasn't based on true events. Yeah. Um, and I w- I don't say that about every based on true events movie. Like there are some movies I actually are I are in- more endearing to me because they're based on true events. Like I like it better mm-hmm. because it's based on true events. This is this one's the opposite for me. I I like it a little less um, because yeah. I know that they change so many things about you know them like like them you know practicing in the warm and then going to the cold and it being like you know 25 below zero celsius is like 13 below zero fahrenheit yeah so like it but the the fact knowing that like there were some days in calgary that it was 61 degrees like it was like balmy like for canada um is is like wow like they they definitely made me feel like it's them literally them against the elements in the movie and none of that happens it's just like yeah okay, like you really took me for a ride and that's just not, that wasn't necessary, that didn't need to be said. Um, but it does feel that like the stakes are higher if they can raise them like that. So I don't know. It's This is one of the, this is a weird one for me when it comes to based on true events. Yeah. I, I'm okay if they like change the name or like combined two real, real people into one character. Okay, you had to do that to sake of time or whatever. But like for this one, it's like, no, we just didn't think the story was interesting enough and we're going to make it more interesting. And I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I think that's an interesting topic. I, I And I really truly believe like everyone can answer the, the question differently. Yeah. And there's no right. I agree answer. with that. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just... How how do you how do you take it? How do you feel about it? So, all right. Any other thoughts on cool mm. runnings? Uh, not a ton. I would just say one last thing for me. I mean, it makes sense why a lot of kids who watch this enjoy it because a lot of people, especially if there isn't, which I would have to go back and watch it. If there is no note about it being based on true events, I feel like a lot of kids enjoy it just fine just because of that. Yeah, and it's it's got a really great moral of the story for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, especially kids that are into sports. It's kind of like, you know, live your dream, you know, do your best. Don't let anyone 
tell you can't do something like it's obviously great for, for kids to learn that. So yeah. Um, I guess my last my, one last thing is like, I know we, we kind of mentioned it briefly, but that crash was freaking brutal, brutal. Mm. Like there, if you haven't seen the movie in a while or haven't, or just haven't seen the footage from the actual 1988 Olympics, the, the bobsled topples over on its side and then they go into a turn on its side, which I, I mean, that's, it's the actual footage. So that really did happen. And so as the bobsled is on its scraping on, on, on the side and they're all 90 degrees to the left or right or whatever, which I, I think was left. Um, and because they're going into a turn, all their helmet they're wearing helmets, thankfully, but their heads are scraping against the ice as the thing is going, you know, maybe not 80, but still 60 or 50 or 40 miles an hour down that chute. And it's, it is hard to watch. Like I can't imagine watching that in real time, like in mm-hmm. 1988. Um, so it's a miracle they survived like at, at that speed. That is true. So, cause it, it could have snapped their neck back or whatever. Oh yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, great story. Um, great acting. I think that the script is really good. Um, it's got a lot of cool Jamaican music in it. it. It really takes you into that country. Um, you know, all the, all the feel good sports moments of people cheering. It's, mm-hmm. it's got it all. So if you haven't uh, watched the movie in a while, it's, it's just, it's still recommends. I, I think the movie holds up really well, even nowadays. Yeah. So. I would agree with that. All right. And 10%. <laughs> um, Last couple of segments. Um, what else are you watching on Disney Plus? Have you had time to watch anything recently? No, it's been all Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say we'll probably watch if, l- let's more see, stuff now after. I, I didn't watch. I, I watch hardly any of the Olympics, so you're actually kind of speaking to me with this. What would you say to somebody who didn't see anything but like, like I have it all recorded on YouTube TV so I could go back and watch any event. Is there an event that's like for Americans? Like if you're listening to this and you live in the USA, like what's, is there an event that's like really fun to watch for Americans? Mm. What did we do? Especially well in skiing. Okay. Uh, snowboarding's always super. I'd say the most compelling for just the average person is just snowboarding and skiing. Yeah. Cause it's phenomenal what uh some of these people can do on a snowboard or ski yeah i i watched a little bit of curling and i watched the downhill it's it's the one i don't know maybe there's only the the one event this shows how much how little i know about the winter olympics there's there's one where there's moguls and they're like going really really fast and they do two jumps Mm -hmm. on the way way down do you know what i'm talking about yeah i don't know Um, what it's called i can't think of what the they all kind of run together for me. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that one, and the flips and stuff that they're doing off of those jumps is like they're flying. Like it's it's literally watching humans fly. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty cool to watch. That's that's what's great about the Olympics. I think obviously you're rooting for your country and you want to you know all the patriotism and stuff like that that it invokes. But I for me it's like I'm just watching humans do stuff that humans should not be able to do. <laughs> it's it's just really fun. Yeah. So. It for sure is. Um, I didn't watch anything uh, this la- last week. We've been um, busy and doing lots of family stuff, but um, I'm going to try to get back into Rebels soon because um, I, I need to catch up on that stuff before more Star Wars stuff comes out, So, uh, especially stuff that's coming out later this year. So that is on my to-do list. 
Uh, let's talk, we'll finish out with what is coming out on Disney Plus this week. Um, the first thing we're going to mention it actually is our discussion uh, topic for next week. So um, this is for Wednesday, February 23rd. As you're listening to this, it's probably uh, probably that day. It's probably <laughs> today uh, this comes out. Um, Free Guy. And that's going to be our, our big movie for next week. So yeah. uh, you've not still not seen it. I've not seen this movie yet. Okay, and I haven't either. Um, uh, both of us are, are big um, um, Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds fans. Um, not just from Deadpool, but just I mean everything. I like rom coms, comedies, like dramas, whatever. Like I, he's good in everything. And I know I'm like the hundred millionth person to say that, but like he's just he's just good. He's really for me. He's like if I know he's in it, it's going to be a good movie just because I love watching him. And I heard he's really compelling in this. I also heard, and I don't think this is a spoiler to say, cause obviously I haven't seen the movie. I also heard there's like a little bit of like a twisty kind of ending. Like okay. it, it doesn't end exactly the way you, the movie's telegraphing at the beginning of the movie. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to watch it. Um, it's cool that it's coming to Disney plus. This is not, this doesn't feel like a Disney plus movie to me. Um, it, it was PG 13, not R, but it's very violent. Um, and I'm sure it has a bunch of language that probably most of their movies don't have on the service. Um, and it's literally about like a guy that isn't a video game. So like, it just doesn't scream Disney plus to me, but I love that it's coming to the service. Cause yeah, it kind uh, of widens it. I am definitely excited to watch this movie. So yeah, that's as you're listening to that. That's that's out today, um, Wednesday. So, um, so yeah, we're you'll have plenty of time to watch it because we're not going to record for another you know five or six days. But um, yeah, that's that is the main topic for next week is free guy. So uh, let's see what else. Um, also for Wednesday, uh, the twenty third, the Proud Family, louder and prouder, episode one and two. Um, this is an animated show. Um, it's either straight to Disney Plus or it's you know on Disney Channel and also straight coming. to Disney Plus. Oh yeah, it says Disney Plus original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Puppy Dog Pals, uh, season five, six episodes. Which this is has what I'm about to say has nothing to do with what I just mentioned. Um, J- uh, Jordan, my five year old, has been watching that um i don't know you probably don't remember this but a few a couple back a couple weeks ago i mentioned alice's wonderland bakery it's based on alice in wonderland but it's literally about them baking things it's like a cooking show i remember you talking about that (laughs) in the world of alice in wonderland it's all animated she loves that show Mm -hmm. she watches it all the time she talks about it she's like dad you have to watch this i'm like no but i'm glad you like it um but uh yeah so anyways that I say that to say like when you hear something like puppy dog pals or Mickey mouse or whatever, and you're like, I'm never going to watch that. Just know that there are some kids out there that love that content <laughs> and it's, they're very excited that it's coming. So yeah, puppy dog pals, six episodes from season five. And then the, uh, uh, uh at this point, obligatory, uh, national geographic show that you have to have every week, uh, about animals <laughs> is called secrets of the zoo, Tampa, uh, season three, Se- Secrets of the Zoo goes behind the scenes at the Columbus Zoo with over 2,000 employees, 10,000 animals, and 6,000 veterinary cases each year. So if you love animals. Um, for Friday, February 25th, this Friday, Marvel Superhero Adventures Frost Fight. Um, this is, I think, the younger kids' Marvel like animated series stuff. Um, 
I don't know if it, it looks like a movie, but it's it's basically kind of based on the show. Okay. Uh, Way of the Cheetah uh, is also coming out on Friday. This, again, looks like a um, documentary, National Ge- Geographic. Cheetah are the most fragile cats physically, and now there are under 7,000 left in the world. Uh, and it's a story about one uh, cheetah in particular um, and her cubs. So if you are interested in learning about cheetahs, that's coming out. And that is it for this week. So there's only five releases this week. I, I think last week's four release, you know, <laughs> list or whatever was maybe the shortest list we've ever done. And this might be the second shortest. I There's only three com- three things coming out on Wednesday this week and then two things coming out on Friday and that's it. So um, obviously the big thing being free guy. And like I said, we're going to cover that on our, as our main topic for next show, we are eventually getting to enchanted, but because free guy is coming out, obviously we're more excited to talk about that. Um, since it's coming out on the 23rd, I think for the next episode, not this next one, but next, next is going to be enchanted with yeah. um, my friends and Grant's wife, Caitlin. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to go back to that movie. So we're basically just kind of watching some fun things, kind of stalling for time for the next uh, big series that we want to watch. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know it. All right, man. Uh, if you're listening to this, thank you for listening to our show. Uh, we love doing the show for ourselves, but also for people that listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Let us know what you want to hear about on our podcast uh, or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney plus. We'd love to include you in the show. Just email Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com. And that's P L U S all spelled out Disney P L U S reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, that email is also in the uh, show notes in your podcast player. You can just tap on that and send us an email and let us know what you want to talk about. Uh, next time we're going to be covering uh, free guy and all of our other usual segments talking about the news and and whatnot so we will talk to you then for that awesome ryan reynolds movie 